Well, hello again. Hello. Pastor Mark is not feeling very well. So he asked me this morning if I could preach for him, and I said, okay. <laughs> but thankfully, he is a very experienced and prepared pastor, and he had everything done. So I may be speaking the words, he may have written the words, but God is speaking to us today, okay? A new series we're going to start this month in the next couple weeks. If you could talk to Jesus, what would your topic of conversation be? And for the next few weeks, we'll listen to the talks Jesus shared with men and women 2,000 years ago. Who knows? Your topic might just come up as well. And today, we want to start with one of Jesus' last conversations. John's record of Jesus' life and work ends with a breakfast on the beach, which is the title of today's sermon. This is Jesus' conversation with Peter. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of Peter in me. There might be a lot of Peter in you. And on the evening of Jesus' arrest, he told his followers, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you cannot come where I am going. That's from John 13, 33. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord? He asked. I'm ready to die for you. <coughs> Jesus answered, die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did another of the disciples. That other disciple was located with the high priest, so he's allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Peter had to stay outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman at the gate, and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, you're not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I am not. And during Jesus' interrogation inside the house, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire warming himself, people asked him again, you're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, no, I am not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man who whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it. And immediately, a rooster crowed. That was from John 18. After Jesus' crucifixion, death, and burial, the dawn of the first Resurrection Sunday broke in Jerusalem. Mary Magdalene became the first apostle, or sent one. She delivered the message of the empty tomb to Peter and John. So they came and investigated. John believed something, and Peter went away confused. Several of Jesus' disciples ended up on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Peter decided to go fishing. Six others went with them, and they fished all night and caught nothing. In the morning, they saw a man standing on the beach. It was Jesus, but they did not recognize him. 
He told them to cast their nets on the right side of their boat. They did, and they caught so many fish that they couldn't haul in their nets. Finally, they brought the huge catch to land and found Jesus waiting to serve them breakfast on the beach. And this is how the story goes. John 21, 15-19 says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. First point. Jesus' first words to Peter are a question. Do you love me? Three questions followed by three answers. Jesus asks you and me the same question. Do you love me? Not, what did you do for me? Not, I knew you would fail me. Not, I told you so. But, do you love me? Samuel Logan Brindle, one of the early leaders in the Salvation Army, confessed that his biggest temptation was to do something for Jesus every day before he spent time with Jesus. Jesus asked us, Do you love me? Time given to connecting with Jesus is never wasted. God's not in a hurry. Again, Jesus asks us, do you love me? If you and I are too busy to pray, then we're taking charge instead of waiting and trusting on God. Point two. Then Jesus authorizes Peter for service. Shepherd my sheep. Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. These words aren't just for pastors and for preachers. Jesus tells all of us to care for one another. And John 13, 35 says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You and I, we're responsible for one another. Just as the last two weeks we talked about love and unity and love and walking in light, we must love one another. Now back to Jesus and Peter's conversation. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, in verse 18, when you were younger and you dressed yourself and went to where you wanted, But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, 
that someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Verse 19 says, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Three, Jesus holds nothing back from Peter. Where you do not want to go, he says to him. This seems to be a particular application of Jesus' invitation to all of his followers. And if any of you wants to be my follower, you must follow, you must turn from your ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Luke 9, 23. And no one picks up a cross expecting life to go on as it always has been. We must remember this. Jesus isn't inviting us to a life of comfort and of ease, but one of surrender and sacrifice. Our highest desire shouldn't be for our will to be done, but for his will to be done. And Jesus is inviting us to die to our own lives so that we can live moment by moment, day by day, for him. My hurt so bad, he might screech like a baby. Four. Jesus comes back to the words he spoke to Peter three years before on that same beach. Follow me. In Matthew four nineteen, Jesus says, "Come, follow me." Jesus said, "And I will make you fishers of men." And if any of you have seen The Chosen, this scene is really, really cool when Jesus calls Peter to follow him on that beach. I would challenge you to go watch it, to go find it, and see for yourself. He issued the same call to people today. Take up your cross daily and follow me. What does he mean when he says that, though? He means, come with me, and learn to care for those who curse you. Find joy in respecting those who despise you. Experience peace in the Holy Spirit's presence, no matter what happens around you. Today's sermon in a sentence is, When Jesus forgives and restores, he also transforms. May I invite you to consider these questions with me? In what ways are you growing to love as Jesus loves? How can you tell you need him more today than you did yesterday? When was the last time you were flooded with compassion for a broken-hearted person? What happened? How do you know that your nature is increasingly marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? How do you know that there's evidence of fruit in your life?
What do you see in your life that shows that you're tired of your brokenness and ready for your restoration? The conversation between Jesus and Peter reveals that we've overlooked a vital part of Jesus' work. Devotional author J.D. Walt, who writes for Seedbed, describes it as this. The gospel is a radical solution to a catastrophic problem. Imagine if you had terminal cancer, and the doctor told you that all you needed to do was to believe in the effectiveness of the treatment. You didn't actually have to take the treatment. Just believe in it. It's absurd. You would go to your grave believing in the treatment, yet never actually having been treated. I think this is the case with so much Christianity over the past hundred years or so. We've wanted to reduce following Jesus to its lowest possible threshold, to the point where we simply want to know if you've made a decision. The problem with this? Trusting Jesus is not a transaction. It is an absolute and complete abandonment of oneself to God. It is the shifting of the center of self, of gravity from self-determination to revolving all of life around Jesus and his kingdom. Where do we ever get the idea that believing something in your head or saying that you believe in the truth of something could somehow add up to following Jesus? When Jesus forgives and restores, he also transforms. Jesus asks us, do you love me? Because loving him will change you from the core of your being, inside and out. Jesus commands us, take care of my sheep. Because your loving actions for each other will draw others into his kingdom family. Jesus tells us, you will go to where you don't want to go. Because loving people as he loves them costs us deeply. It's like taking up a cross. Nothing will ever be the same again. Jesus calls to us, follow me. Because he leads us from now on. His plan becomes our plan. His agenda becomes our agenda. He's in charge. He is our king. When Jesus forgives and restores, he also transforms. How will you live your life today that says you're following Jesus? What will your day look like? What will your week look like? How will your conversations be? What will your mindset be? What will your heart feel? These are the questions that I have for myself. As I looked at this sermon, 
I thought, how can I be like Jesus? And why don't I ask myself that question all the time? It's what he wants. He loves us, so we must love ourselves and others as he loves. Thank you for connecting with us. Don't forget, you can join our Champions of Hope Facebook group using the link in our description online. You'll receive unique content and opportunities to connect with others who are infusing the hope of others, the hope of Jesus to others. Let's extend our arms out and receiving the blessing. On the evening of the very first resurrection day, Jesus came and stood among the disciples. They rejoiced when they saw him. Jesus stood among us during this time of worship. We rejoice when we meet him. Jesus says to his disciples, Peace be with you. Just as the Father sent me, I also send you. He breathes on us and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill us with your love and your power. You are sent. Go with Jesus.